What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint and you walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics, I'm here to help you find answers. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. On today's show, we are going to be talking about death and anointing of the sick and the last rites. Is receiving the last rites the same thing as receiving the anointing of the sick? And is receiving the anointing of the sick always the same thing as receiving the last rites? This is a really good question. I think you might like the answer. But before we get into that great question, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this. As y'all know, I am a pastor here at Sacred Heart of Jesus Church and School, and the school was the very first ministry of the church. The church was founded, I think, in 1928. The school was founded in 1929, and so it's been here for a long time, and it's just been so, so cool to accompany kids in their relationship with Jesus. These kids at this school are so, are so reverent and they are so hungry for the Lord, and I'm watching them have deeper conversions, and through their conversions, their parents having conversions, and so it's just been really beautiful to like engage them at Mass, and then to follow up with them during the day while we're playing at recess, playing basketball, or, or kickball, or in the classroom when I pop in for visits, and so we've been journeying through the interior life with kids, and it's just been so fun. So um, the very first thing we addressed was, how often should we pray? Like, should we just... Like, keep God to one day on Sunday for like an hour, or should we pray every day? And so we have discerned that we should pray every day, right? God wants us to be in a relationship with him every single day. He does not want us to compartmentalize him to one day a week. Um, if we can eat food every day, we can pray every single day. And so there's an old song from like the 1970s, I think from Cheryl is her name, and it goes like this. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so this is a song that the kids and I began to sing with each other. And uh, and so when I asked them, I said, when do you pray? And they, they start singing, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so the next time we met, um, I, I asked them, I said, all right, so like, what noise does like the cow make? And they say, moo. I said, what does a cat say? Meow, dog, rough, rough. So what does a pirate sound like? They, they go, arr. I say, exactly. And that's how we ought to pray. So when you show up to prayer on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, what do you do? Sometimes we go to prayer and we're like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? I'm just sitting here. I'm daydreaming. I'm counting. So I said, think of a pirate. Arr, A-R-R-R. Acknowledge your thoughts and your feelings. We all have them. Uh, relate them to God. Don't just keep them to ourselves. Relate them to God. And then read. 
read the Word of God because the Bible is the voice of God. And so if we're going to be in a relationship with God, we don't just talk to God, but we also listen to God speak to us, and God speaks to us when we read the Bible. And then after we read God's Word to us, we respond to His Word. And so uh, after we did that, I'd go to the classroom and I'd say, all right, what noise does, does, does the power make? R, and, and what does that stand for? And they would say, A-R-R-R, acknowledge, relate, read, respond. Cool. So then the, uh, last week we were, we were uh, at Mass and I said, uh, we're talking about the, uh, the Israelites who were wandering in the desert and yeah, just how God fed them with the manna. But the manna, it maybe didn't taste that good, but it was good for them, but it didn't taste that good. And that's how prayer is, right? Prayer might not feel good, but prayer is good for us. Uh, and so even if we don't like certain things, there are certain things that will always be good for us. So some people don't like medicine, right? When I was a kid, I used to hate to take that liquid medicine. Uh, it did not taste good. And then my mom was like, okay, get a pill. And I would try to take a pill, and I couldn't swallow the pill. And so they're like, all right, we'll give you a shot. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I will take the liquid medicine. We're good. I'm good, right? So, But taking the shot or swallowing the pill or drinking the liquid medicine it's what's best for us. It doesn't always taste good, but it's, it's good for us. I remember I, I asked the parents, I said, like, who, was like, who likes to take shots? And some of the parents raised their hands. I said, well, not those kind of shots. I meant like the other shots. Not too many people like to take those kinds of shots. And, uh, but it was cool because then, again, the kids afterwards was like, Father Josh, yeah, like, I don't like this. I, I, don't, I don't like milk, Father Josh, and I don't like this. I don't like broccoli, but I, but I know it's good. And, and so that's why my mom and dad make me eat or drink it every day. And I was like, exactly, and that's what we should do for prayer too. So don't ever neglect prayer, kids, just because it doesn't feel good or we don't, we're not having insights or it's not exciting or it's not fun. It's, we do it because it's what's best for us, because relationship with Jesus is what's best for us. So it has been beautiful just for me uh, to be able to walk with these young kids because then they're going home. These kids are going home and they're sharing this with their siblings and they're sharing this with their parents. So I've already had conversations with parents who are now praying every day because their kids said that they're supposed to. I've had conversations with parents who are applying the pirate method of prayer are to, the, to their time with Jesus um, and it's working. And I have parents who are being reminded by their kids, hey, mom and dad, it's not going to always be fun. It might be boring, but we need to do this because this was best for us. So it's just been so beautiful for me to be here at this school with these young disciples and to, to watch them not only grow in their relationship with the Lord, but to watch them and, uh, and the Holy Spirit transform their families, like to go places where maybe I would have never been invited. And they're discipling their, their families. So it's been ah, just what a, what a gift. So shout out to Catholic Education, shout out to Catholic Schools, and uh, shout out to my kids here at Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, they are the best kids. They're the best kids. Yeah. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, change the topic and talk about death. So let's get into today's show. All right, so today's question comes in from Aileen. Aileen writes this, Anointing of the sick versus last rites. It's like rhymes with like Mortal Kombat. Uh, more like, you know, remember there, like uh, our Street Fighter, uh, who was it? Guile versus Ken and uh, versus Chun-Li, right? The verses just throws me off. Right? Anyways, anointing of the sick versus get over here. 
10 points for whoever knows which character said that. Get over here. Uh, fatality. All right, so our last rites and anointing of the sick the same. When my mom was terminal in the fall of 2021, I asked the priest in the nearby parish she attended if he would do the last rites. The parish secretary told me that the priest wasn't comfortable going to hospitals or senior living communities due to COVID. I was disappointed. She told me that it was okay because my mom had already been anointed. She received anointing of the sick weeks prior to her terminal diagnosis and essentially that it was the same thing. I prayed and called my parish. One of the priests said he would come for the last rites the next day, which he did. My mom had a holy death and affirmed that Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother were there at her deathbed. Ah, I love that. However, I still wonder if that first priest and secretary was correct. Our last rites and anointing of the sick the same. I am hoping you can give me clarity on this situation. So, to answer your question, I will say this. Every time someone receives the last rites, it involves the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. But not every sacrament of the anointing of the sick involves receiving the last rites. Just like every Catholic pastor of a parish is a, is a priest, but not every Catholic priest is a pastor. Right? There are some priests who are vocation directors full-time. There are some priests who are campus ministers full-time. There are some priests who are secretaries to the bishop full-time or prison hospital chaplains. Right, So every Catholic pastor is a priest, but not every priest is a pastor. Every Catholic priest is a man, but not every man is a Catholic priest. There are, there are seven sacraments. It's, it's baptism, uh, reconciliation, confession, Eucharist, anointing of the sick, uh, marriage, holy orders, uh, confession. Did I say that right? Baptism, confession. <laughs> Hold on, wait, let me count myself. I was baptized as a baby. Then I made my first reconciliation. Then I received my first Holy Communion. Then I received the sacrament of confirmation. Then I've, I've been anointed of the sick before. I became a priest, holy orders, and then I perform, I've witnessed the sacrament of marriage. Oh, there, there's this is seven. Maybe I should make a song out of this. Um, yeah, that's that's terrible. Um, so yes, there's seven sacraments. Last rites is not an additional sacrament. It's just something that will always happen in last rites. That doesn't necessarily always happen with the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. So let's just go way back to the Bible to get some biblical foundations for the sacrament, and then we'll talk about the distinction between the two. Um, so in the Bible, we read uh, that if there's any who are sick among us, this is from the letter of James, New Testament, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Are there any who are sick among you? Let them send for the priest of the church. Let the priest pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick persons, and the Lord will raise them up. If they commit any sins, their sins will be forgiven them. So the sacrament of anointing of the sick is an opportunity for God to heal and to help us when we need him, right, the most, right? So when do we need God the most uh, to receive this particular sacrament? Because you don't just receive it for GP, for general purposes. Oh, I want to go get a sacrament today. That's not how sacraments work. It's whenever you're going through something, like you're about to have a surgery, uh, you have a serious physical or mental or emotional spiritual affliction, and you want to find healing. And so the sacraments offer us graces from God. And so we won't always experience 
the healing that we want, but there is a, a healing that we need that we can receive from the sacramental graces. And so when we go through these difficult times, the Holy Spirit strengthens us with the sacrament. He encourages us with the sacrament. He grants us peace with the sacrament. And so these are times that we should reach out to priests to receive the sacrament, right? Uh, if you're going to have surgery, please get anointed. Uh, if you have been gravely ill for a while, please get anointed. If you just have a little, a little cough, a little cold, don't don't get anointed. But if it's something more serious, right, like cancer or you're homebound with an illness, then yeah, please receive the sacrament because there are healing graces that accompany the particular sacrament of anointing of of the sick. The Catechism teaches this in uh, paragraph 1532. The special grace of the sacrament of anointing of the sick has as its effects the uniting of the sick person to the passion of Christ. For his own good and that of the whole church, the strengthening, peace, and courage to endure in a Christian manner the sufferings of illness or of old age, the forgiveness of sins if the sick person was not able to obtain it through the sacrament of penance, the restoration of health if it is conducive to the salvation of his soul, the preparation for passing over to eternal life. So you don't have to be dying to receive the sacrament of anointing the sick. I know there's like a lot of people who like think, man, I don't want to receive that sacrament because like only people who are dying receive that sacrament. No, like... If you want to be united to the cross, if you want to experience the healing grace that God has in store for you, um, then please receive the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Uh, the Catechism emphasized this in paragraph 1514. Anointing of the sick is not a sacrament for those only who are at the point of death. Hence, as soon as anyone of the faithful begins to be in danger of death from sickness or old age, the fitting time for him to receive the sacrament has certainly already arrived. All right, so uh, it's an, important to, to, to note that when we receive the sacrament of anointing of the sick, yeah, we might actually be physically healed from it. There are healing graces, but we might not. But if we're not, we will receive the grace to be united to Christ and to suffer well, right? To, to continue to carry our cross as we are awaiting the joy of the resurrection. Uh, so when the sacrament of anointing of the sick is ad administered, the person who receives it, like they receive like, spiritual strength. Oftentimes, whenever I will administer the sacrament of anointing, I'll also happen to encourage the person if they would like to also go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Right? Even if they're not at the point of death, right? You are about to have surgery. You never know what can happen. So like, do you want to go to the sacrament of confession as well? These are my confessions. It's when I thought I said everything. So do you want to go to confession? And then also, um, I, if it wasn't uh, an emergency call that I got to go anoint somebody, then I'll stop in the church, go to the tabernacle, and get Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and bring them Holy Communion um, as, as well. And so that's three different sacraments they receive. They receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation that day. They receive the Sacrament of Anointing. They receive the Sacrament of the Body, Blood, Soul, and Divinity of Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. Now, what's Last Rites? Last Rites, it's, it's a name that we give the Sacrament of Anointing of the Sick and communion when a person is at the point of death. So if I know somebody is at the point of death and they're still able to receive the blessed sacrament, then I can administer to them last rites. This is what I did for my sister. My sister, she died last year and uh, she came into the church the week of her death. I was able to confirm her. She was already baptized. So I was able to administer the sacrament of confirmation to her in the hospital. I administered the anointing of the sick. And then a few days later, I celebrated Mass with her, and she received last rites. Um, she was able to uh, drink the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Eucharist. And so she received last rites. So last rites is not just the anointing of the sick, but last rites is also the reception of viaticum, of communion, whenever death is around the corner. 
Uh, and so this is important because Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, he says, if you eat my flesh and if you drink my blood, then you will have eternal life. And so we want to make sure if someone is able to receive the body and blood of the Lord when they are close to death, that they do receive the Eucharist because the Eucharist is salvific, right? The, the, the sacrament of, of Christ and the Eucharist helps us to pass from this, this world to the next, according to the gospel. And so last rites, then, what separates it is that it's exactly as it says in the name. It's the last time you're receiving this particular rite, right? The Holy Communion and anointing together. In addition, whenever someone's at the point of death, it can be accompanied by the apostolic blessing, Apostolic blessing or the apostolic pardon, it gives a plenary indulgence to the dying person. So the apostolic pardon is an indulgence that is only given whenever it's a situation where someone is in danger of dying, like death is right around the corner. And so we absolve the person through the sacrament of penance, of reconciliation. And then after that, we are able to administer the apostolic pardon. Listen to these beautiful words. Through the holy mysteries of our redemption— May Almighty God release you from all punishments in this life and the life to come. May He open to you the gates of paradise and welcome you to everlasting joy. Another one says this, By the authority which the whole apostolic sea has given me, I grant you a full pardon and the remission of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, amen. And so, uh, so, so there's a difference. Your mother certainly received the sacrament of anointing the sick, few weeks before her terminal diagnosis, potentially she also went to the sacrament of reconciliation and potentially she received communion. But at that point, she had not been terminally diagnosed. And so the priest did not have the intention at the moment of like giving her last rites. So last rites is like, if she's able to receive the Eucharist right before she dies, then I give her the sacrament of anointing again. And I also make sure that I, I give her the blessed sacrament as well. So the sacrament of anointing sick can be administered apart from confession. It can be administered apart from communion. Last rites has to involve the sacrament of anointing and communion together. So that's the difference. So again, every last rites involves the sacrament of anointing sick, but not every sacrament of the anointing sick involves the last rites. So I think it was beautiful, Aileen, that your mother was able to receive both the sacrament of anointing sick and then also that another priest was able to go and give her viaticum as well to prepare for heaven. Yeah, Jesus and Mary, gosh, they they were with her. And that's just beautiful. You know, like I, I often reflect on St. Joseph's death. and He had a happy and holy death, not because he didn't suffer, not because it wasn't painful for him, but it was happy and holy because he died in communion with the Blessed Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ, his son and his savior. And what a beautiful death your mother was able to experience. And so I just want to Praise God with you and celebrate with you the fact that your mom was able to receive the sacraments. Because um, we're created for for heaven. We're not created for this this world. And so it's important that we prioritize these gifts that God has given to us to help us to become saints, to help us to abide with him forever. I remember going to a convent once and these nuns, uh, one of their sisters recently passed away and they had a celebration. And I was a young seminarian. My first thought was, man, they must have hated her. She must have been a pain. Like They're all happy. But they were happy because her whole goal in life was to be with Jesus forever in heaven. And she received the last rites. She received confession. She received the anointing. She received communion. And so uh, she received her bridegroom, and that's all she ever wanted. And so they were celebrating. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when, when babies come in the world, they cry and we celebrate. But whenever um, a person dies, we begin to cry. But 
if that person lived a holy life, if that person received the sacraments, they're, they're not crying with us. They're celebrating. And so we're invited to celebrate with them as well, right? That's not to say we don't have masses offered for people. That's not to say that we don't believe that they still might need to do some time in purgatory because, you know, we all got to go through there, most of us. But it is to say that we are with the one who we were created for, and we were all created for God. So, Aileen, I'm praying for you. I will offer my personal mass for your family on Wednesday of this week. So uh, y'all will get my mass. And uh, yeah, I'm just grateful that you are inviting us to, to accompany you in this season of your life and your walk toward eternity. Um, with that being said, I would like to encourage everybody before we go on our next break and talk about the saint of the day, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to our email. Um, if you'd like to receive show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh, spell it A-S-K-F-R-J-O-S-H, uh, to 33777. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the saint for the day. Did you know that every single item in a Catholic church points us towards heaven? Make every visit to a Catholic church a powerful reminder of God's presence with a new book from Ascension, The Sacred That Surrounds Us by Andrea Zachman. The Sacred That Surrounds Us awakens Catholics to the mystery of the seemingly ordinary items we see every week at Mass. It explains with clarity the symbolic realities and historical facts of each one. To order The Sacred That Surrounds Us, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. If you want to receive show notes and updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. So our saint for the day is a saint who actually received the, the last rites um, in modern times. He is a young saint. He's actually blessed. I got to visit him when I was in Assisi for Holy Week, and he was a kid. His name was is Blessed Carlo Acutis. Uh, and so... From Italy, born in 1991, died in 2006, and he was just an ordinary kid. He was an ordinary kid who was, he was a cool kid, he was normal, he enjoyed playing Pokemon, and he liked to play video games like the PlayStation, so I'm sure if I said, get over here, he would know exactly what video game I'm talking about whenever I say that. But he was baptized in the Catholic Church, didn't particularly come from a devout family, from a very religious family, but... At some point in his childhood, he began to express a deep longing for for Jesus. Like even when he was in preschool, like this longing began, and, and he wanted to go see Jesus, and he wanted to to go to church, and he wanted to to read scripture, and he wanted to visit the Blessed Sacrament. And and his mom, like she didn't understand where this was coming from because she was like, "This ain't coming from me." Um, but it was her son, like my kids at my school, that brought her closer to Jesus. Just as my kids at Sacred Heart of Jesus, who I love so much, are bringing their parents closer to Jesus, it was his faith that brought his mother closer to the Lord. And so he wanted to receive the Lord so bad that he asked for permission to receive Holy Communion before the rest of his classmates. Before uh, that time, whatever the first communion was, like here in America, a lot of people, it's like second grade. He said, I want Jesus now. And so he was given permission to receive Jesus Christ even earlier. He just loved Jesus. He loved Mary. and But he was, he was a normal kid, right? He played video games. He played sports. He was really smart. He had friends. Uh, he created like websites and stuff like that. So he was, he was super smart. Uh, but he also 
it was virtuous. Like he would only go play games for an hour because he said, I don't want to become a slave to video games. And so he limited, like he would, he would have an hour a week of video games by his own choice because he didn't want to be a slave. He didn't want to let video games dictate his discernment and his decisions. He wanted more time for prayer. He wanted more time to be with his friends. He wanted more time to do normal things that kids do like karate and play with his dogs. But he also loved the poor. Like he would serve the poor. He came from a pretty wealthy family, um, but he would always make sure to go visit the poor and to bring them things. He never wanted to have a lot. So what he had, he shared. Uh, but he really loved Jesus a lot. And so he decided that he wanted to share Jesus with, with everybody. And so he began to compile all these Eucharistic miracles and document them. And, and he put together a website uh, about the Eucharist so that other people online could encounter Jesus, could get to know Jesus, could learn more about Jesus. Like he was evangelizing people where they're at, which is something that we should all do, right? If you have, if you're going to have Facebook, then use your Facebook to evangelize. If you're going to have Instagram, then use your Instagram to evangelize. If you're going to have Twitter, then use your Twitter to evangelize. If you have TikTok, use your TikTok to evangelize. Like use social media to be a bridge for other people to encounter Christ. Um, and so he loved the Eucharist and he wanted to receive the Eucharist as often as possible and visit the Eucharist. He noticed that people would oftentimes stand for hours um, while they waited for a soccer game. And he, he said, can people not stand for hours like waiting for Jesus in communion? Could they not stand for hours with our Lord? And so he would get his mom to take him on all these different churches from shrine to shrine to shrine. So that way he could show Jesus the kind of love that we oftentimes show passing things such as football and basketball and baseball and soccer. And, uh, and then he got sick and he thought he had the flu and he went to the hospital and within a week of his diagnosis with a, an acute form of leukemia, he died. Uh, but while he was in the hospital, uh, he received the sacrament of anointing of the sick and he received Holy Communion on October 10th, uh, the, the day before he went into a coma due to a brain um, hemorrhage, which was, again, caused by the type of leukemia that he had. And then um, afterwards, he, he passed away. But one of the things that he said that I, I want to share with you is this. He says, we have always been awaited in heaven, right? So he was always thinking of heaven. He said to his mom, I can die happy because I haven't wasted even a minute on things that are, aren't pleasing to God. This beautiful. Do you hear this? He was happy because he was created for heaven. And he knew the Eucharist would be his salvation. So my encouragement to all of you today is go to confession so you can receive communion. If you have a loved one who's in the hospital and you've fallen away from your faith or maybe you, you don't, get them a priest. Most hospitals have chaplains. Get them a priest to give them the last rites, to give them anointed sick if they're just in the hospital, but the last rites if they're at the point of death. These sacraments are a gift from God to us, his bride, to draw us to him, the bridegroom. So, blessed Carlo Acutis. Uh, we invite you to pray for us. We invite you to pray for us and our walk toward eternity. That's it for today's show. I look forward to continuing our journey toward heaven together. Deuces. <laughs>